0: Uh, now I'm not talking about worship. I love worship, but generally, when when I get to go places, God is wanting to do something. He's wanting. I mean, I know we're always preaching a word, we're always sharing, but I believe this is a a moment, it marked in time and destiny for this house, and it is a. It's, it's humbling on one hand, it's terrifying on another hand to kind of be a messenger of a moment. Uh, so all I, I want to do is just stand in the council of heaven and hear what God is saying. And, and everything I say, no matter how I say it or the, uh, uh, the verbiage that comes, I submit it to the house. I submit it to the house. Even if it comes across authoritatively, I'm still submitting things um, to, to this house. If you have a mask, please lay it aside this morning so we can be real. If you, if you have a, an identity that you kind of put forward and in church, sometimes church it, it makes us start appearing one way because we're not as vulnerable as we should be. So over time, you know, hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? Good. I'm praying for you. Thank you. I need it a little bit. You know, you don't talk much about that. And, and, and over time, we've built an expectation. Everything's good. and And sometimes it's not. And if that's not rooted out, if it's not plowed up, then others pick up that learned behavior and and over time none of us are telling the truth and it's not like intentional it's just kind of happens over time and then god always has these moments to where he just crashes in on us and shakes it all up and we're so disoriented and the truth just bubbles out and then god starts healing and He starts restoring things. And then, it, it, you know, so we just kind of process. And every place goes through that process. And what, 28 years? I'm sure there have been all kinds of things like that. Uh, so I'm going to read you something. I don't know. Did, yeah, that's not working. I didn't think so. So I want to read you a message. When, when Phil first called and asked me to come out, Andrea and I, and of course, she sends her greetings. She would love to be here. Uh, but we were, we were praying, and she's, you know, such a prophetic intercessor. Uh, most of the time I listen to her. She's usually really got insights. She will oftentimes give me a, a word about a direction or an assignment God has given me or a word to share And 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 I'm the one that takes that word, throws it in this big box of apostolic strategy, and then delivers it. And that's that's our team. That's how we operate together. Um, I'm going to take you to Haggai chapter two. This is not my message. I've got a message, but this is the message, if you will. Uh, But before I do it, we're going to. I'm just settling in. I guess you know that I'm rambling, but I'm waiting. Before we do, I want us to start praying. Don't worry about Sunday church where we're going to have to pray nice and neat. I want you to pray and I want you to start praying in the spirit. This has got to come forth out of the life of the spirit where it just goes out and drops down. So let's just start praying. Intercessors, start praying. You know who you are. Start lifting your voice. Let's just stir up this, this atmosphere right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here, but I ask you to further manifest the glories of Christ Jesus. Lord, I ask God the angels be placed in this room, God, that activations begin to take place in this room God God the apostolic strategies and blueprints of heaven begin to come Lord over this house God in a greater level and a greater way but God also over individuals Father as you are shifting and moving people and you're moving things you're moving places God and God the things that are that are are not in line with the sink and and vision and calling of this house God ask you to start chopping things off God ask you to come like a refiner's fire God, and just begin to refine things, God. Shake things up, God. This is an apostolic house, and it is an apostolic hub, God, with a regional and city calling. Father, and I ask you, God, to everything that is not on that line, that you shake it off, that you cut it off, that you prune it, God. God, that life goes to where life is supposed to go, God. And things that are draining off, and pulling things off from your purposes and intent, God, I ask you to cut them, Lord. I ask you to cut them, God, and even the emotional ties to those things that are so good and had a season, God. I ask you, God, just to begin to remove those, God. We submit to you. I know this house. I know these leaders submit to you, Father. So, God, they're submitting everything on the top chopping block today, God. Everything on the tree to be pruned today, Father. And I thank you that you prune and that you refine, God, for our our for our lives, God, that we can walk full. in what you have called, God. So Holy Spirit, stir up. Shake up the house, God. Shake the ground, God. Shake the ground, God. Shake our thinking, Lord. Shake everything, God. And let that which is pure remain. Let that which is kingdom remain, God. Shake us, God, to our very core, God. And God, this morning I ask you that every eye in here would behold Christ standing over this region, God. Lord, as you, just as you spoke over our region and you said you're declaring in Christ, God, God, I thank you that you're standing over this region, God, over Springfield right now, God, and you are declaring increase, God. It is a declaration from the very council of heaven, God. You are declaring increase over this, God. And Lord, we know as you increase in Springfield, other things must decrease, God. God, so those things that must decrease, God, I thank you that they're passing by the wayside and that you are further revealing your glory, God. I ask you to open eyes and in here God that they can behold Christ they can behold you God let them see you in your glory God let them see your eyes that are burning with a passionate fire God God let them see the sword in your hand God that you yield God God let them behold both the goodness and the severity of the Lord God and I thank you Lord that your sword your axe your word is laid to the very root of things that have tried to usurp callings that's tried to usurp destiny in this region Father and I thank you God God that the very portals of hell the very portals of witchcraft God the very portals of the gates in this city that the enemy has tried to control God that those gates are being shaken oh God they are being shaken oh God and Lord Jesus you're looking at them and you're declaring that those gates shall not prevail against your purposes in Springfield God God I ask you to go more and do more than just shake the gates God but I ask you God to rip up the gate post and cast the gate aside God God that this house begin to plunder the gates of hell, God. Let they go into the systems of witchcraft, God. They go into the systems of Freemasonry, Father. They go into the religious systems, God. They go into the governmental systems, God. And they go as ambassadors of heaven, God. Not bowing to the demonic discourse, God. Not bowing to the narrative of hell in those systems, God. But as ambassadors carrying the prophetic word of the Lord and declaring it into those things, God. I thank you, God, that this has been a safe place God but I thank you God that it's going to become a place of heavenly violence oh God and God the violence are going to lay hold to those kingdom promises God and Lord it's going to cause some people to feel uncomfortable God but God you are refreshing and you are refining and anointing right now God that will literally strike fear in the religious heart God but Lord we know that the goodness of God draws us to repentance God but God that goodness sometimes hurts a little bit that goodness sometimes shakes things God and I thank you for a shaking God of religious systems and systems in the city but God I'm asking you to shake individuals in this house today God God shake them out of comfortable callings God shake them out of houses of comfort God and I thank you Lord that you are elevating callings in this house today God God I say Lord to those people that have been standing God comfortable in their calling rise up oh daughter of God rise up oh son of God. Rise up, for I am elevating you in your calling today. I am elevating you in authority today. Take your position and stand as gatekeepers in this system. I am tapping on your shoulders says the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm saying rise up. Rise up. Rise up out of your false humility and stand as a son. Stand as an ambassador. Stand as a daughter. Rise up, O taste spring. Rise up, O taste spring. Where I I will not let you settle, but I'm causing you to rise up as I'm pouring fresh anointing into this house today, as I'm pouring fresh power into this house today. And yes, even my power may begin to scare you once again, but I'm coming in glory, says the Lord. I'm coming in demonstration, says the Lord. I'm coming in a power that many of you have forgotten because it got uncomfortable. And even the lies that told you, you should be this way and you should be that way, Even some prophetic voices told you, but they spoke out of their heart. But I'm speaking from heaven over you. I'm calling you as a place of power and a place of authority. Did I not say you are my ambassadors? For I placed you here in this city, and I put a prophetic word in you. Do not polish my word, but let my word go forth in power. So I had a couple of notes written down. I wrote down something I was going to read but didn't realize I prophesied, but you're a safe place but you'll become a place of violence. I know that just goes against our thinking, but A place of fire and a place of power. You're going to be set on display. A literal spectacle and a sight to behold. Many are going to come from far and wide to see the fire that burns but does not consume. You've been in a pattern of holding but that pattern has become complete. Haggai chapter 2, in the seventh year, I mean, sorry, in the seventh month on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, speak to Zerubbabel son of Shilti, governor of Judah, and the son of Jehoshadak the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people just hear what this say, and I, I, I know this context I understand this but I, this is this is a prophetic word this is something that God is bringing for this moment I believe in this house it's speaking to the sons and it's speaking to the remnant verse 3 who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory how do you see it now it is not as is it not as nothing in your eyes yet be strong o Zerubbabel declares the lord be strong o Joshua son of Jehozadak the high priest be strong all you people of the land declares the lord put yourself in their framework of mind the, the lord is speaking into things in their heart As they're looking at external circumstances. But he's reminding them. Of promises that's been given. He's reminding them. Because we hear. We often have promises. Yay. We often have promises. In our lives. But we find ourselves going. See no evidence of that. But the very. Thought that you're looking for it, shows that it remains. Do you hear that? You're looking. I don't see the evidence. Well, how would you even know to look for that type of evidence? That's the evidence that the promise remains. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it nothing In your eyes, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O son of Jehoshadakh, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I'm with you declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you and I brought you out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord, the latter glory. Glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give you peace. But look at this, verse ten. On the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, what was yesterday? I know they're going off a different calendar, not ours. I'm not oblivious to that. But nonetheless, here's what it says. Basically, we could say on September 24th, things happened. Yesterday was very significant. Not to be compared with other things, but nonetheless, yesterday was a significant day. Do you realize how rare it is for a leadership team to go come and publicly call out demons? Do you realize how rare that is? It's extreme. How terrifying it is for a leadership team to do that. Steve and I talked about it. We talk, you know, because because we've gone to places and it's completely broke them, but it's broken what needed to be broken. we don't want those things, but yet sometimes God does those things. He lays a plow and he uproots it. Right now we've got a high track record. Join this network. Mike and the team has launched, and we got about a fifty percent shutdown rate. I'm not even kidding. We've churches join, and then it's like they die. But then that seed just stays around in those leaders for a while, and then after another year or two, they start to regrow, but they're growing differently. They're growing with the DNA and a seed of heaven and Christ in their midst. So they had to kill all of those things that was sucking life out of their calling but not producing fruit. They had, things had to die. They had to be annihilated, not tolerated. I spoke last night, not tolerating that Jezebel voice, not tolerating. I tell every person in our team that comes forth with an idea... All of them can die. Even if we agree. When we agree we're moving forward with it. At the moment it no longer produces life. We kill it. We don't bury it for a later time. We kill it. We annihilate it. If it comes a life sucker out of us. And it's a continual refining. And in what it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I'm not devaluing people's hearts to love these things but their heart doesn't get to lead us that's what leadership's for so we kill it we cut it off we have no mercy on anything that sucks the life that God's given us none it's a continual this world is filled with great glorious ideas and great new techniques of doing this no kill it all i want to live by is what is the lord saying And if there's not this moment of communication, what did he say to us last? And if we never heard deviate from that, we don't deviate from it. We've got to set our face like a flint, and we've got to plow forward. Maryville, Tennessee, and East Tennessee has been given to us and others in our region. We will not let go of that, irregardless of any circumstantial thing. If there's nobody around me, I will be in that city interceding for the promise of God to come forth. You can't let what your eyes see shift what God has spoken So I think this is significant on the 24th day of the ninth month, which we would look at as yesterday. In the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet. Consider from this day onward, and he reiterates, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed still in the barn? It's a question. You have to determine what is that seed. know most of us we think, oh, we're going to sow a seed like that. I I I don't understand what it's saying. Get out and plant, but but I don't think that's how we take this. I think is the seed of the Lord is that prophetic promise of God still in the house? Sometimes it gets buried. But not under soil, it gets buried under other ideas and smaller words. The seed of the prophetic destiny that God's given the house, other words support that. They don't take it over. The main thing, as a preacher of our says, friend of ours says, is to keep the main thing the main thing. Most of us have one or two. Houses usually have one or two primary words that sets the course of their destiny. Other things come in and support that. They support that. When we bring on... uh, we, We didn't have a membership for a long time. And and we, we we decided we would and we'd do like these three week intro things. But I told him I said, I want this to be a filtering system, not a sales system. I want to filter out every person that cannot look at us and say, I know God has called me to link up with this place and that vision. So the first several times I'm announcing this and and literally every time since I'm I'm like "All right, so we've got this, this foundation it's an intro to the well and it's for two purposes to see if you can authentically align with who God's called this family to be and to see if we want you to align and I've had people come and pull me off to the side and go are you saying you might not want us to be here I said, absolutely. I don't know you. That's why we're having this. So we can at least have some conversation. And it literally shocks the modern Christian's mindset. It literally shocks them. But it also tells them we have an order. We have a vision. And we have a mandate. And that's who we are. And what we've found... Only people that God has spoken to in a dream. He can speak to a lost person in a dream. I mean, they come in from all different backgrounds. They come in from cessationist backgrounds. They come in from all different backgrounds. And they're literally shaking to get on the ground. And they they, they like, I really don't even like this place. But God, I believe, sent me here. God will take care of those things if we'll stay true to the mandate He's given us and not deviate, not consider deviation at all. Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, pomegranate, the olive tree have yielded nothing but from this day onward I will bless you. Sometimes we've done everything right. And we go, where? Where where's the fruit? Sometimes we've done everything God said to do. We haven't done anything wrong. And we're going. Where's the fruit? We look around. God, you said this. That's evidence seed still in the barn. But I don't see it. And then you know, one of the next whispers of the enemy, you know what that is? You're the problem. It causes you to question, not the word of the Lord. None of us are going to do that. We're actually looking for it. That's why we're in this position of feeling so vulnerable, sometimes so weak. And we're God, God, you said it. So I know you're true. But I'm not sure I am. Do you know how many times I literally tried to give away Reach International Ministries? Twice. I went to an apostolic leader and I said, God is doing something here. And I know I can't take it where it needs to go. I said, so... Here, I'm resigning, and I want you to help pick the one that can take this thing. And a godly man, rather than going, yeah, I'm the one to take it, because that's what I was implying, he just looks at me and laughs. He goes, <laughs> and tears it up and throws it at me. And I'm, like, not happy about that. I had wrestled with this for months. I was convinced it was the right, humble thing to do. And my false humility got exposed by an apostolic leader that was much, much more mature than I was, and he threw it back at me. About a year goes by. I'm in another country, in India, actually, and Haiti's just is rolling, and I'm thinking now, my, my, now I've got divided vision. I mean, I could barely lead it when it was single. Now, now this, the humble thing for me to do is. Give that part away. So I have to email this time. I don't want another letter thrown. I email this long, beautifully written word. Explaining, you know, God's called me to do this over here. And this is bearing fruit. And I just feel like I don't have the capacity to lead that as well. Long email. Pouring everything in me out. And I get... We'll talk about this later, dot, dot, dot. Later never came. It literally said all that it needed to say. And I just slammed my computer down. And I'm like, God, I don't understand. And he's like, that's exactly right. You don't understand. When we look around and we're not seeing what we know God's doing. Because we have a knower that knows what he's going to do. We know those promises. But we're, we're looking. That whisper comes. You're not the one to do this. I've learned something. I give a, I, About the only time God has allowed me to give something away. Is when it's at it's highest. Fruit producing yield. It's, it's going the way I actually wanted it to go. That was the last time. And we were finally able to release it. It was going amazing. That's actually when I didn't really want to. <clears throat> I'm like, God, it's it's at the height. This is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. You know, and I'm like, you know, you, you kind of showed me I could lead it. And then it's so clear, give it away. And then that word starts getting affirmed from all of these other people, and I'm like, now it's hard to give it away. And he's like, yeah, because now you've got your identity wrapped up in it. And I'm like, how do you win, God? I want to give it away, but that's false humility. When you tell me to give it away, it's really hard. And now you're refining you're, you're my identity. And it's, it seems like a constant internal wrestle. But I'm finding the more actual authentic relationships that I get to have. Those are the ones when people take the mask off and actually talk with you they're like yep that's par for the course that's normal growth cycles in christianity that's normal growth cycles in five-fold ministry that's normal in leading and i'm like i kind of wish somebody who told me that a long time ago and i usually find out actually those are things i heard i was just blinded to because they had to be experiential it had to go, you know, it couldn't live here. It had to live experientially inside of me. So, this word, the ninth month, the 24th day, but asking all these questions is the seed still in the barn? Fruit's not bearing? All of these things. And you've done this and you've planted this, but it's not borne fruit. But. It's like, yeah, all of that, God's saying, I get it, but from this day on, I'm going to bless you. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the ninth month. God was speaking twice. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'm about to shake heavens and the earth. To overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Yesterday was simply a seed. It was simply, it, I don't know, I guess we could call it a seed. We could call it a harvest to some degree. But it was actually probably a harvest. But we're not eating that harvest. We're taking that harvest and we're sowing it back in so that it multiplies greatly. With the deliverance that took place yesterday and the training and all of those things. I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. That, we think, those heaven's way up there. Heavens and earth sometimes are representing governing systems. Not not just national government or Springfield government, but even governing systems in our minds that affect these other governing systems in regions, these key gates. So, if, if I took liberty and paraphrase this, I'm about to shake Springfield and all around. To overthrow the thrones of kingdoms, the principalities that influence. I'm about to destroy the strengths of kingdoms that are operating through the nations or the mindsets of the people. Overthrow the chariots, the thing, the, the thing that they ride on and control. I'm about to overthrow them, and not just them, but the riders, the ones that are controlling those systems. Their horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. And on that day, declares the Lord, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shilti, declares the Lord, and I'll make you a signet ring, for I've chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. I believe that's a word for the the leaders and the elders and the team here that that you gotta look into. Something that you get to to steward. Deliverance is just a thing. It's just it's it's a part of the kingdom like healing, it's a part of it, like all of these other things God do. It's an expression of the kingdom. But as I've said all weekend, it is connected to regional transformation. We read scriptures about overthrowing and casting down and rooting up. This it's one of the primary tools that actually does that. Yes, it reveals the goodness of God to that individual. And, and it's not comparing healing with deliverance. Yes, they often go hand in hand. But many times healing is, is, is so individual for that person. And even if it happens broad scale in the room, everybody's had that personal touch from the Lord. And I can celebrate with your testimony of healing. But I, I can't experience your testimony of healing. I celebrate with you. One thing about deliverance, like you can be healed back there, but one thing about deliverance, especially public deliverance, and I'm not saying all your deliverance needs to be that, like this, but that needs to be some level of normalcy for the house. It, now at, at the well, you know, there's deliverance over here and healing here and salvation here. It's, it's just happening. It's normal in the body. But the public display, takes the glory of Christ and makes it visible to the saved, to the lost, to everybody around. And if you were here last night, I am sure there were some people going, oh my goodness, like this is uncomfortable. It is. But think of the lost person that sees that. Think of the lost person that's going over here uh, to the witch coven and they're seeing they just made an open spectacle Of the one I worship. It shakes things at its very core. At its very nature. Um, I think that's what part of that word was. Violence. I don't want you to think you're losing identity. God's calling you not to love well. But oftentimes, if a thief comes into my house. To hurt my family. My love for my family is going to be on great display. Without hesitation. Deliverance is one of the most compassionate things you can do. And oftentimes I know I'm in the right place in deliverance when I feel this trembling, righteous anger of God inside of me for that enemy. But I have tears running down my face because I love that person so much. And I know my hug is not going to deliver them, but authority is going to deliver them. A command, a word of the Lord that's coming out. Even Scripture talks about, the word of the Lord coming like a hammer I'm going to hug them in about three minutes and I'm going to weep with them and celebrate with them here in a few minutes but right now it is like a violent act of the kingdom on the front line this side's hell this side's heaven crashing in and I'm being used as that instrument to advance the kingdom of God but that's on a large scale in an apostolic hub a large scale I wouldn't be surprised sometime in the future where this sanctuary is not transformed. And there's about four chairs here and four there and four there. And there's about 20 teams in here. And it's a, it's a semi-private group deliverance night. That's what we do at the well often. We just transform it. And we've got helpers and we've got teams everywhere just walking people through deliverance. And you talk about activating a body. Leaders can't do that. Leaders don't, they can't set at every one of these hubs. They train and equip you, but you are the ones going to deliver Springfield, the body of Christ. The wisdom comes in in the, uh, in the, the smaller leadership team. That's the wisdom. But the power is displayed through the masses, the overall body of Christ. Wisdom sets the direction, and the mass says, You point us, we're going. And there's a unity comes in that transforms a city and believes for nothing less and never makes an excuse why it's not happening. It's a push. It's a push. It's a push. But it's a push from rest. As crazy as that is. Yeah, nice like last night. Those are are things that happen. We get tired from those. But I realize every time I'm getting tired, it's probably because I fail to raise up more. So when I start getting tired on a level, I realize I need to equip more, do less, because I'm taking their job. So now I'm able to to gauge this. You know, people go go go, and they talk about burnout, burnout. Well. Yeah, don't get to the burnout place. Go, and when you feel yourself slipping, go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm an equipper, yeah. not the doer. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm bringing in four or five, and I'm equipping them, and I'm saying, okay, this person is wanting to deliver. Sit down and deliver them, and they're going, I'm not sure. I'm like, do it. Yeah. Let me know when you get stuck, and put this one out there, and then you've got a whole group over here, and now you're not doing. You're just assisting them in their calling, their destiny. And it begins to multiply. If it's okay, I'll switch over to my message now. (laughs) I do have a message. And I'm going to go quickly through it. I believe the Lord gave me the word this morning from the fire. From the fire. Fires can be scary, right? Nobody wants to be burned. Two types of fire. There's a destructive fire that burns everything that it touches. And there's a godly fire that's revealed from God's manifest presence. Let's go to Exodus 3, 1 through 5. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Median. And he led this flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the bush. So here we know Moses had ran away. Moses had killed a man. He saw the oppression. He moved in the flesh. He murdered someone. Now he's about to pay the price. So he flees out. And he's working for his father-in-law. And the Lord shows up. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside... To see, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place which you're standing is holy ground. First thing, and I'm going quick. So the first thing I want you to realize is God called Moses out of the fire the voice of God spoke out of the fire and set destiny in his life. Activated him. You know, that thing you did before, you're about to do it on a a broad scale, but you're not, you're going to do it now from a right heart. You're going to do it from my calling. The bush is burning. There's characteristics of this fire. The bush is burning but it's not burning up. This, the fire of God does not burn indiscriminately. It doesn't burn everything that it touches. It'll burn up any bad, but it, it brings life. It burns on something, but it doesn't destroy it. It purifies any bad thing that is attached to it, if you will. We want the fire of God. You know, there's this old joke in Christianity, don't pray for patience. God, I want patience. I'm not afraid to ask my good father to give me that. I think some of these things, they're just cool to say. No, if we trust him. God, I want discipline. I need discipline. I won't want to be afraid of discipline. You love me. Anything you do is for my good. So people are like, well, you don't know what you're asking for when you ask for the fire of God. Yeah, I do. He's going to burn up everything that's trying to kill me. And what remains is what he's blessed. I'm blessed in the fire of God. I don't want to be afraid of the fire of God. The fire of God, I can't control it. But that means that thinking and that need to control needs burned up. So God, send more fire. Sometimes fire hurts a little bit. Other times it's like, thank you, Lord, because you just burn off this thing. It's sucking the life out of me. So purify us, Lord, with with holy fire. Burns the bad. Moses' call was confirmed out of the fire. God may call some of you. Shift some of you. A lot of us go, "Yep, he's called me. I know. I know he's called me too. This is it. This is good." And then another baptism of fire comes, and there's there's a a further revealing of that calling, a further maturing of that calling, a a next level revelation of that calling. Especially when we get in a in a good place, like you know, I I was telling you about Haiti, and it's a really good place. And I tried to give it away, but now. I don't want to give it away. And now God says give it away. That was hard. It stripped my identity, what I had built, what I thought was my identity. But it was for my good. Because now we're walking in something greater than we were walking in then. But I was comfortable in that place of identity. I'd finally gotten comfortable there. And this, this other encounter with God revealed walking something different. It looks different in this season. But there was a maturing of the call. There was a revelation of it that I didn't fully understand. The presence of God, the fire of God sanctified the ground around it, declaring it holy. Springfield will be holy when somebody hosts the fire. The fire. The fire is the presence, but the fire is a unique manifestation of his presence. We know God is is, 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 has manifold wisdom or many sided attributes of who he is. I'm a good father. I'm the healer. I'm the provider. I'm the commander. It's the same God we know. But He reveals Himself differently. Sometimes we say, host the presence of God. We host His presence. And there's safety. And there's healing. And there's restoration. And it's beautiful. It's His presence. We live from there. We love that place. And we can get comfortable in that level of revelation. But then he wants to reveal himself, the same manifest presence, but another attribute of that, which is raw, fire, scary. Sometimes we talk about, God, I want an encounter with you. I prefer the love encounter. But then we get up from this raw encounter and walk with a limp the rest of our lives, because we'll never forget The moment he touched us in a unique way. We can get comfortable here. It doesn't devalue this at all. But he wants to take the security that we know him and trust him as father here. And show us an attribute of him. That we could not survive in this place. Had this not taken place first. You don't walk in this fire, you'll burn people in the wrong way if you don't have the love, encounter, and understand the heart of the Father. But there is another, another revelation of who He is over here that is terrifying. It shakes things, it burns things. The enemy sees the fire and wants to run from the fire. Help me, Lord, get through. So Moses goes back. We know he. He has this deal with Pharaoh, and they get delivered. And and each one of those plagues was striking down one of the gods of Egypt, breaking those things. So, Jesus was, or God was literally just putting them to a shame. The world ruling global power at that time, if you will, just striking down false God after false God after false God. So much so they're like, Go, get out of here before we all die. So then they get out, and now. God is going to take them to a new place. So we're now at Exodus 19, 16 through 20. On the morning of the third day, God's about to covenant with his people. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders, lightnings, a thick cloud on the mountain. And a very loud trumpet blast. And I skipped a whole lot of this. So, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. I want you to think of Moses calling from the burning bush. Moses was called from the fire. He dialogued with God from the fire. He received instruction from God's manifest fiery presence that was resting on the bush. Moses was about to lead corporately a whole group of people into the same encounter that he had. Moses knew the fire. He knew he could talk to God in the fire. It's how God had revealed himself to him. Moses is like, hey, you're all gonna come into the fire. And that's what this setting is at this moment. Each person, they're about to receive that same type of anointing from the fire, that same calling. From the fire. When Andrew and I, when we launched the well, it was literally launched out of various encounters and words with God. And we knew the only way we could lead a people with our calling is to lead them in a similar encounter with God. They had to experience that same type of revelation. I couldn't have this experience over here with God and try to lead from those impartations and deposits if they didn't have a similar encounter. So as a team, we, our, our top prayer is when they walk in, they experience the raw, authentic power of God. In that, there's the love encounter, there's this encounter, there's deliverance, all that. I don't know what it is, but they, they experience God in a way they've never experienced Him. And typically we find out, yes, God is unique, but, but it's similar ways That we experienced Him in our journey. And that creates a connection. It creates a dialogue. And it puts us on the same mandate forward. Then the smoke. Verse 18. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln. And the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. We're going to jump over to Deuteronomy right now and get the rest of the story. This is going to paint a picture for you. When you heard the voice out in in chapter 5, verse 23, when you heard the voice out of darkness... While the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders in your tribes and your elders came and you said, The Lord our God has shown us His glory and His majesty. We've heard His voice from the fire. They had the same encounter, if you will, that Moses had. The voice came out of the fire. The mountain was burning, but it was not consumed, but they responded differently. They were afraid. Today we've seen a person can live even if God speaks to him, but they were afraid. they were afraid of the fire, they were afraid of the encounter that never they, I'm sure they had heard Moses talk about how he was called and I'm sure they started like, yeah we want to experience God like that until it came and it began to shake everything that they had perceived it would be like. It was different. Same God. But their perceptions, it caused them to be afraid. But now, why should we die? This great fire will consume us, verse 25 says. We will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. Sometimes we hear the voice of God. Go, hey, go give them a hug. And that's good. But the same voice says, hey, cast that demon out of him. We're like, ugh. It's the same God, different response. Because we get comfortable in some ways he reveals himself to us. We all do. That's normal. When I had my love encounter just a few rows back right over there the liquid love, the tangible liquid love of God poured over me and transformed my whole life. Three years later, Randy Clark lays hands on me. And I am trembling in total fear and in literal pain, shaking violently. And I'm saying, God, this hurts. You're hurting me. And he says, do you want me to stop? My initial thoughts, please. But I said, more grace, more power. And it was more intense. And the cycles, cycles. God, you're hurting me. My neck hurts. I'm literally in my own spit. My face is pressed on the stage. Most of you go, guys go, that's deliverance. It wasn't. And I'm, God, it hurts. You're hurting. My neck hurts, God. My stomach hurts, God. I think you're going to kill me. Do you want me to stop? More grace. More grace. More power. Two hours. I was agonized. I had to have a lot of counsel with Steve after. My chest was bruised. Blood vessels in my eyes were burst. It looked like I'd been punched on my forehead, what I would call blood blisters. I woke up in the middle of the night, the same thing. God, it hurts. Do you want me to stop? More grace, more power. I was much more comfortable with the liquid love of heaven going, every soul, every cell of my being is touched with the glory of my Father. Let me bask. And then I'm over here wallowing in my own spit, becoming so humble and understanding the goodness and the severity of God. Things happened that day a lot. I can't even begin to transcribe. But one of the things I learned was the fear of man started breaking that I didn't even know was there. It started breaking. I still have those tendencies to what are they going to think. But I go, God, the council of heaven, I want to stand in your presence right now. I want to be reminded of your goodness And your severity. That I don't choose my own calling. That I don't get to choose my own path God. But you called me and you gave me a yes God. I belong first to you God. And I want to love people not the way they feel they need to be loved. But love people the way you say love them. So God if it's hug them and kiss them. I'm going to hug them and kiss them. If it's confront and cast demons out. I'm going to confront and cast demons out. When you say yes I'm going to say yes. When you say no I'm going to say no. And I don't get an explanation all the time because he decides we get input he will listen to us he's not afraid of our why questions he's not afraid of any of our questions and oftentimes he'll give an explanation cuz he's thankful that we're even care enough to ask but the ultimate it's got to go where you, go, you say. I do what you do. And if you're not saying and you're not doing, that means you're giving me permission to choose. And I'm grateful for that too. But now, why should we die? This great fire will consume us. We'll die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. For what mortal has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived? Go near and listen. To all the Lord our God says, and tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you, we'll listen and obey. God give us rules. We don't want relationship because your fire scares us. I'm going to just give you these last few scriptures. Matthew three one. Behold, I send my messenger, and he'll prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to His temple. But who can endure the day of His coming? Who can stand when he appears. For he's like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He'll purify the sons of Levi. He'll refine them like gold and silver. They will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Even Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord is like a fire shut up in my bones. There is a revelation that only comes out of the fire. Only comes out of the fire. John says in Matthew 3.11 I baptize you with water for repentance but he's coming after me is mightier than I and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and many of us stop and fire I don't know what the fire God looks like for you there's certain characteristics that you can describe and I can say that's the fire At the well, we were in service one day, and I just looked, and I saw this small flame all across the altar, and I had the church, let's say yes to the fire, let's say yes to the fire, and people began coming, because I was asking God, I said, I want the marked, I want you to show me the marked characteristics of this house. We all have our distinctions. I want to know what is the marked characteristics of the well. I know there's this and this and all of these are good, but I want that unique factor that you that that you're doing in this house, in this family. And it was said he said the fire, the baptism of fire, the fire, the fire. I'm finishing this, I promise. I'll just skip the rest of it or I won't do anything. Let's, let's stand on our feet. So I know I went over some time. I'm willing to pray for those of you that feel a touch of fire. As soon as I pray, some of y'all will begin to feel Fire. And it can be scary. More grace, more fire. The fire's for your good. Callings come forth from the fire, revelations come forth from the fire. Same God, same presence, just a different revelation of who He is. Invite Him. To come in fire on your life. And don't be afraid. Ask Him. I don't want you to have just a baptism of fire. I want you to become a burning bush. That that fire will rest upon you but not consume you. But the voice of the Lord will speak out of that fire and call a city to repentance. Let Springfield become like Moses and approach this house and go, I see the fire, but the building's not coming down. And let them hear the voice of the Lord come out of the fire, saying, This region belongs to me. You belong to me. Let the voice of the let the fire of God rest upon you as individuals and the fire of God begin to rest upon the gathering of the family of Dayspring. Let the voice of the Lord come unified and call a region to repentance. Call a region into alignment with heaven. So I'm going to I'm going to pray right now and I just want you seeking the Lord nothing else. Um do you need is anything need to be said or like if people need to go Pick up kids next door if you need to. But I think this is a marked moment. And I think a baptism of fire is going to come on many of you. And as multiples begin to receive that baptism of fire, it multiplies in intensity. And it will begin to spread. It will begin to jump. And then the family will be caught on fire. The fire of the Spirit of God. And the voice of the Lord rises up out of the fire. Sounds a lot like Pentecost, doesn't it? Cloven tongues of fire came. Tongues speaking of languages, callings. The voice of the Lord rested upon the church, rested upon the people. If you begin to feel the fire, I want to invite you down. And I'm just going to lay hands. You may feel fire in your feet, you may feel fire in your hands, you may feel fire in your ears, I don't know. But Holy Spirit, I ask you for the manifestation, the presence of Almighty God to come in fire upon the individuals and the and family in entirety, God. God, let individual fires begin to fall upon people right now, God. Let them trust you, not run from the fire. Let them trust you, God, that you burn up everything that is not of you, every good idea that's not a God idea. Burn it up and consume it. Simplify them, simplify them, simplify them with the kingdom, simplify them with the mandate, God. Let the fire of heaven begin to burn, begin to burn, begin to burn right now. Baptize this family in fire, God. It may start small.